Welcome everyone to our Mob Ties podcast. Today's topic of conversation is sense of purpose, future careers, and how to navigate this area with your kids. I'm delighted to have Susan Prince joining us today. Susan is currently an on-air business host with CBC News Network and CBC Radio. Susan presents business news and consumer interest stories. Outside of her media work, Susan's passion is in the development of cool careers. It's a transmedia tool for high school students to explore non-traditional career options. She is the stepmom to a daughter and a son who are now adults, but she has been in their lives since they were nine and seven. Welcome, Susan. Hello, Donna. Nice to have you here. I just want to give people a little bit of a sense of um, the background of how we know one another and actually how small a city like Toronto can be. Um, A mutual friend put Susan and I in touch with each other about a year and a half ago and Susan was creating a concept which we'll talk about a little bit more in the podcast. This friend knew that I had some expertise in the education world as well as some grant management and funding possibilities that Susan might be able to pursue. So we met and we had a great conversation. And then just last week, we both found ourselves on a virtual female networking forum for entrepreneurs. And we got reacquainted. I had just begun Mob Ties and had just written an article on the sense of purpose and helping your teenager find theirs. And Susan was further pursuing her concept that involved youth and career choice. So the timing was perfect. And I thought, what a great match for a Mob Ties podcast. So here we are today. And let's just delve in and get started. Um, Susan, could you just start us off? Um, I like to let everyone know sort of what your family situation or family dynamic is like. Yeah, I um, am a stepmother, and um, when my husband and I got married, he had two young children. They were seven and nine, and have as they were growing up, their primary home was our home. So although I don't have children of my own, I spent lots of time watching uh, these children develop into young people and lovely adults, uh, and got to get a sense of how they were looking at choices they were making about their careers and about their future uh, as they were getting input from, you know, from their parents and from their uh, school environment and that sort of thing. And that ended up being the impetus for thinking about how young people come to make decisions about what they're looking for. Yeah, so it's interesting. So your um, concept that you're working on now, Cool Careers, would you say that that came out of sort of your family situation and watching your stepchildren follow their career paths? Absolutely. And and the background is um, my husband was the first person in his family to go to university. In my family, post-secondary education was highly valued, but the assumption was it should be university. And I, as I watched my stepchildren grow up, they're um, interesting and good learners and that sort of thing. But it, it didn't really seem like um, their schools were encouraging them to look at anything other than university. And in fact, 
while they both went to university and completed their degrees, it wasn't something that was um, very helpful for them. It was hard. They didn't particularly enjoy it. They were glad to have it out of the way when they were done. And in fact, there was very little um, for them about building a, a career. And, and often I would look at my stepson and think, you know, he would be much happier doing something great at fixing things, very visual, very uh, able to do, take things apart and put them together very well. So sitting in a classroom and learning um, academic learning might not have been the best fit for him. And I started thinking about the fact that one of the reasons that they both pursued university is because that's what they knew from what was around them, what um, their parents did, uh, what our, you know, what our friends did, which is largely what children see is what their parents do and what their parents' friends do for careers. And that typically is a pretty small pool of career choices. And I thought, you know, if, if my stepson Gavin had been in a position where he could see people repairing cars or building things, working in carpentry, maybe he would have looked at the post-secondary options that were available that way. And that was really the impetus for thinking about getting young people engaged in, in different non-traditional career choices and hence uh, this project that's in development, Cool Careers. Yeah. So with Gavin, did he receive, um, so some public schools uh, may have some guidance counselling there at the schools and we know the independent schools um, put a lot of funding into having guidance and career counsellors available for the students. Do you remember if there was that opportunity for him to talk to anybody at the school level? Yeah. Um, both of the kids went to indep an independent school and there was, well, the school itself was fantastic and it, it, uh, they were boarding and they had opportunities for socializing and sports and they were valued within the community. When it came to um, post-secondary direction, there was a very heavy emphasis on university as really being the only post-secondary choice and that's it didn't think about it much at the time because that was what the you know what our sense of of successful post-secondary education is university and in the course of watching my stepchildren and also doing more research it's you know the sense that we treat post-secondary education like it's hierarchical instead of like we would look for something that would be the best fit. So, you know, we've typically thought of university as the best, community college, you know, university if you're really smart, community college if you're smart-ish, but maybe not academically inclined, and then apprenticeships or trades at, at, at a lower level on the hierarchy. And I really feel that this is a faulty way of looking at uh, career opportunities, not just for young people, but for anyone, but because the schools are so focused on university being the measure of successful outcomes, it, it um, really colors how students look at the choices that they have. I, I fully agree with you. Yes, it, I think it does go back to the high schools wanting to have that certain percentage of their students move on to university. Like you say, that's the outcome that's the indicator of success 
Um, yet, you know, that might be the indicator of success for the school, but not necessarily the student as an individual. So I guess it's about finding that that balance between the school wanting to show that we've prepared this student academically very well, yet what is it that the student as an individual really wants to pursue? And 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 by wanting to pursue, you know, I look at it as what is it that the individual will thrive at? Uh, because we, you know, what often once we're established in a career, we we reevaluate whether or not, and, and we're a little bit more mature, and we're, you know, there are the, all those sorts of things, and we might reevaluate whether or not what we're doing is a good fit. Well, what if that happened? What if you had an opportunity to think about that? in grade nine when uh, teachers and guidance counselors and an actual program curriculum starts to introduce the ideas of really you know what do you want to do when you're a grown-up uh, and, and it, you know you think about a student in grade nine and um, there are a lot of pressures there that that might not necessarily allow young children or young or children or you know young adults to really look at what might be out there that's a really good fit for their personalities and their their interests. Yes, and I know grade nine offers the one day, you know, take your child to work day. I know that's part of grade nine, but of course that's just one day where you go to see what your parents do again. I know when I was in high school in Australia, in grade 10, we got what was called two weeks of work experience. I couldn't tell you if it's still happening. I believe it is, but I'm not sure. But that was just such a wonderful way at the age of 15 to go and try something for a full two weeks. So you got a really good sense of what it involved, whether it was sitting in an office, whether it was being outdoors, you know, all the different settings that you could be in and, the, you know, the way you deal with people and how many meetings you might have. So two weeks was was fantastic as a, as a just a little bit of a bite uh, at 15 years of age to see what you may like to do. Usually people had some ideas, so they pursued that. And then they came back to school saying, oh, my goodness, you know, that isn't for me. It wasn't anything like I thought it would be. Or the opposite, absolutely loved it. And that, you know, made them feel pretty secure about pursuing that that option. I don't actually know if they, I don't believe they have something like that here in Ontario. Would you know? No, not to my knowledge. And, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about take your kids to work um, and I'll use Gavin and my husband for example. My my husband was a partner at a brokerage firm, and Gavin is good with his hands, and and good at, at mechanical things, much like his grandfather was. Um, so, taking Gavin for a day at a, you know, at the top floor of a big building in, in, in Bay and King in Toronto um, to watch what stockbrokers do wouldn't, you know. It, it wouldn't really match what his interest is, but there is this sense of, of, well, this is what my dad does. Maybe this is what I should do. And yet the fit wasn't, wouldn't have been very good. And it would have been great for him to have had an opportunity to spend, you know, two weeks working at a, working with a carpenter or working with a, a, a skilled trade, you know, one that has got all of their qualifications. So you could see that 
you know, that there is uh, entrepreneurialism required, whether you're, um, whether you're in business at Bay and King or whether you are a landscaper or a, uh, an electrician who's got all their qualifications, that there, the scope of work that's available in the trades, for example, might be incredibly fulfilling and financially remunerative and if you were someone who wanted to work independently, there's an entrepreneurial component. And those are the things that we don't seem to be introducing to young people. Um, this idea of, well, you need to get a good job. And well, your dad has a good job or your mother has a good job. But a good job is all kinds of things. Yes, and as we know, as we get older and get further and further into careers or change careers, that we're growing all the time and learning all the time and even our tastes change as to what we might like to pursue further. So to try and have a you know, 16, 17-year-old making that decision already, I find quite preliminary and probably very difficult for most to know even what they want to do. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I'll use an example for me. I was, um, you mentioned in the introduction that I work in broadcast media. Uh, prior to that, I worked in the investment industry and then I morphed my um, financial management skills into uh, media. But somewhere along the way, I, I discovered that there was a, there is a, a line of work that is involved with creating museum exhibits. And it's, um, uh, it's a very interesting line of work for me. And as I, I learned about it, I was well into my career in financial services at that point when I read about this company that designs museum exhibits all over the world. And it was like, that is what I would have loved to have done. Um, I'm interested in history. I'm interested in communicating ideas. Uh, I'm interested in technology and how you find different ways to communicate things. One of my favorite summer jobs was as an exhibit attendant at the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic in Halifax, and I loved it. And I didn't even know there was a job that existed that you could create museum, exist, museum exhibits. Had I known that in high school, I probably would have structured my post-secondary career to follow that path. Yes, it would be interesting to see. Have, I don't know if you've taken a look at the uh, grade, I think it's 9, 10 um, careers curriculum. So there is the careers curriculum that the students in Ontario do one course on. But my both my kids did that course and I don't recall it really sparking any conversation, which certainly could come back on me as a parent, did I inspire that conversation? Or I wonder if, once again, whatever is in that curriculum for the careers course really does have them thinking, like you've said, about such a variety of positions and jobs and types of work that they may want to look further into. So it would be interesting to maybe take a closer look at that course or if you as a parent listening know your child is about to undergo that careers course in high school it might be a fantastic opening for starting to discuss uh, a bit more around purpose enjoyment interests and the variety that exists out there yeah i i would agree i was just 
looking through my notes and I can't find them quickly, but um, in the course of developing cool careers, I worked with some high school students, um, did some, some one-on-ones talking to them about career planning and what resources they looked at and, and where they looked to for uh, support in finding careers. And every single one of them at the time that I was doing these these one-on-one interviews, did not feel that the guidance department was where they were going to find the answers. Uh, and, and that's too bad because the guidance departments are there to help them with that, but they were really very, um, it, it didn't appeal to the young people I spoke to as a resource for them. And I think that um, it's it, part of this falls on us as parents to have these conversations around the dinner table, but it, 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 and not just having the school be responsible for it, but it could be interactive where, you know, people are talking about what they're interested in. Um, I saw a scientist speaking about the fact that when he was a kid, he loved 2000 miles under the sea. And uh, his parents said, well, that's interesting. If you like that, you might be interested in this and talked about um, becoming a marine biologist. And so there were ways to open the conversation to possibility by really listening to children's interests and and not telling them what to do, but you know, looking at, well, you might be interested in this. And then there are opportunities to go online together and look at look up things about those types of careers or spark the conversations about, well, what interests you about that? Or and, and move those conversations forward. So as a parent, we might not know the answer ourselves, but we can certainly open certainly open up the possibility to the fact that there are all kinds of ways to get to a career. Yes, and I think if parents opened up a little themselves as well to their kids about, we, I know in our family, you know, we've talked sometimes about if we could go back and do everything all over, would we do it the same way? What would we do different? Um, we've had the conversation, they've asked me what, what sort of career or occupation would I do today if I was to go back again? So I think that's such an interesting conversation. And it also gets at what you said at the very beginning about um, kids thinking quite often that they need to follow somewhat in their parents' footsteps or not necessarily follow, but they seem to know a lot about what their parents do and the pros and cons of that type of job and not necessarily want to talk about things well outside that box. And it's what we feel comfortable with. It's what we know. And that's where the conversation tends to stay. And I think if there was, you know, conversational opportunities to talk more about other possibilities where parents actually need to do a bit of research themselves because we know what it was like when we went to school and when we had to choose a field to pursue, but things have changed since then. And really discovering what opportunities do exist out there and also what job prospects there is likely to be for their students by the time it's, you know, maybe 
2025 or whenever it is um, that they're graduating and looking for work. So really a, a deep, meaningful conversation beyond the normatives of, you know, the typical careers that we may have known when we went through school. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that as parents, we we also need to be aware of our biases. We need to be aware of our biases in general, but certainly when we're talking about um, post-secondary education and career planning, um, we do very often as parents come in with a clear set of biases. I, and again, I go back to the idea that that university is the goal. Um, I now make a conscious effort when I am talking about post-secondary opportunities. I talk about post-secondary opportunities. I don't talk about, you know, uh, what university would you like to go to or even what school would you like to go to? Um, and that is a very conscious look at, you know, the biases that I have. I'm university educated. Both of my parents are university educated. Um, so again, you, you, you follow what you know, and it takes um, some conscious thinking to step back from our, our biases on that kind of thing to say, wow, you know, I, I know a, a hairdresser who, and there are lots of them, I'll just use an example, who has created his own business and I can see what the revenue looks like for that. And I can see what the opportunities uh, creatively are for him in his business. And I can see what, how the time management works for him in his business. And all of those are components of a successful career. And yet my bias might have been, well, you know, don't you want to go to university? Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe you want to do something because you're creative and you're interested in style and design. And this path might be a very good one for you. So parents really need to be aware of their, their biases for what their hopes and expectations are for their children beyond uh, an academic environment. Yes, in my Mob Ties article that I, I just wrote, actually, Last week, I mentioned that as a tip. I, it says that, uh, you know, have more conversations about purpose and impact and less about job types and titles. And I find, too, that as parents, we get quite uh, hung up on um, earning money, making sure, A, you have a job, that's extremely important. Then, you know, you want to earn a certain amount of money. Um, if you've been educated for a certain, you know, could be up to six years, mm -hmm. you want to make sure you can use that education. So it is just opening our minds up as parents to be a little more thoughtful, like you said, also keeping in check uh, capabilities and expectations and interests because mm – -hmm. I have seen, I heard a story recently, um, a student that, you know, did fairly well in, in high school, went on to university, didn't even end up completing their first year because it was then that they discovered university wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. They, you know, weren't into the further essay writing, lots of reading articles um, that wasn't really, I guess they had, you know, done it through high school. It's something you need to do. You try to do your best. And then you get into university, which seems to be the goal. But at the end of it all, that wasn't for this student. And they left and are now, 
getting more into the entrepreneurial aspects and technology and things like that. So I think having that conversation and knowing your children well enough to really inspire them to look at their interests, enjoyment and, you know, try and follow that kind of path or see what further education can be had with that interest is extremely important. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I also think that, you know, there, uh, there are plenty of reasons as parents to feel like we're not we're not, we're being scolded for how we do things. And, and the, the desire to have your children do well and have a good job and have good paying job and have independence comes from a very good place. Uh, it's just, we have limited skills without, if we don't take an active look at what the opportunities and the possibilities are for our children. Uh, as parents, we have limited skills because we're doing, you know, we're doing other stuff. And then this comes along and we have young adults in our house and we want them to do well and be successful. And we know a relatively small group of jobs. Uh, so in some respects, it's it's our responsibility too. And it can be a, it can be done lightly and happily and and with curiosity, all the cool stuff that's out there. Um, so it can be, I, I think that if parents enjoy it, uh, it, it, approach it with curiosity, then that allows their children to be curious too about how to match their interests and their, their, what, would, what they would find challenging and engaging with, with the jobs that are out there. Yes, and the world and technology is moving so fast these days that I have been told by quite a few people, we don't even know some of the jobs that are actually are going to exist for our children because they haven't even yet been created. Mm -hmm. So to that's why following the interests, uh, the enjoyment makes much more sense this day and age than looking at a specific occupation per se. And it might even be getting into those soft skills that we all know um, are very important when you are out there in the in the workforce. Yeah, I, I, I agree about that. And, and the other thing that we do, you know, we do focus on marks a lot um, and, and the, the sense that you need to do well at school. And I, I think that's important. But I think that if we find in ways to engage our children, then the marks come with it. And if there are struggles in topics, but you're engaged in what the opportunities are, there's a way to ask for help and overcome that instead of it feeling like, if I don't get good marks, I'm going to be a failure. Well, marks are only one component of that. So if you're not getting good marks, but you're engaged in what the path is, um, there are ways you become more comfortable about asking for help because you see it as a hurdle to overcome than uh, rather than a failing and rather than this this gremlin for these children about well if I don't get good marks I won't get into university if I don't get into university I won't get a good job well there's so many faulty decisions on that little story that we tell ourselves that that backing it up and starting with what are your interests? And, and if this is your goal, here are the steps that you're going to need to take that to meet that goal. But that's far more energizing and far more um, productive for um, young people. And I, I, again, to go back to my own family, my, my 
stepson was working in for an urban geography firm and um, he needed he did, actually he had a geography university degree but to to get what he to proceed in the work that he had he was going to need to go back to school and we had a conversation it was like no you know that's a lot of time and I'd have to work and I'd have to work and then I'd have to go to school on evenings and weekends and then someone introduced him to uh, the kinds of careers that were available in insurance he signed up to the insurance course right away and I was like well aren't you concerned about working oh no it's fine I've got my time managed perfectly uh, and is now working in work that he's much happier with. But it was very interesting watching the what he should do, which wasn't energizing and seemed too much, and then what he wanted to do, he could make time for. And right. he did very well in the courses. So when we support that um, by matching their interests and their inclinations, we support a, um, uh, a pathway to a successful outcome. Yes, and I think we've done a great job in this podcast in covering off, you know, both the school setting, which does impact this area, as well as what parents can do or at least start to think about as their child approaches this sort of age, this later high school age where they are starting to have to make some choices, whether that be in specific subjects they're taking or just a pathway for the future hopefully we've provided them with some things to think about some things to uh, have a conversation uh, with their their children to enable them to take a pathway that uh, will hopefully be very fulfilling so I hope people can uh, understand all the different areas and aspects we've covered and I would like people to certainly Susan look out for in the future as cool careers develops further and further that there will be some helpful pieces that they can take away and use in their own family situation. Well that's certainly the plan and it's um, uh, very energizing to to think about what the opportunities are for cool careers. And just in a conversation like ours, it's just so um, energizing for me to think about the possibility of approaching this, uh, uh, joyfully approaching how we talk to our children about careers as something that is lighter and exciting rather than worrisome and scary. Yes, it should be a fantastic uh part of their life of um, development and discovery and as parents you know we should be moving them along that pathway through inspiration and motivation and like you say I think often we do just get sort of centered in this little box about uh, what could happen or should happen but just by asking a little bit more detailed questions really discovering who their child is and what they think about their own futures and what they think they would enjoy will go a long way in making some positive change happen for sure. I agree. Yeah. So I uh, think that was excellent conversation. I hope our listeners got a lot out of today and are able to take something back to their own families and have some great conversations about sense of purpose, about potential careers. And um, we look forward to following more on either Mob Ties or Cool Careers. So, Susan, thank you very much for your time. It's been really insightful and I've loved chatting with you. 
Donna, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. And I always, uh, I, I just, uh, it sparks my imagination for what's possible when we have these conversations. Yes, lots to look forward to for sure. I wish you all the best of luck with Cool Careers. Thanks, Donna. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you found it helpful. For more real stories on this topic and others, visit our website, mobties.com. If you believe this podcast would be enjoyed by others, please share it. If you're listening on Spotify or SoundCloud, follow our channel to make sure you don't miss out on any future podcasts.